0: Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hi and welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad to be back here again for another episode. It is February of 2021. My little baby that I had last year is already two months old. She is wonderful. And we are already halfway into February actually. It's so amazing and there are so many, so many good things are are coming this year. I can just feel it. So today's episode is about a topic that we've already covered previously. We're going to talk about boundaries today, but today I want to talk about it in a completely different way so that you can see the skill of setting boundaries and its importance from a completely new perspective. All right, so let's talk about space. The final frontier. (laughs) Yes, we are Trekkies in this household. All right. Space. Did you know that you take up space? That your body has actual square footage of flesh, bone, and fluid that occupies real space time. The space that you take up can move, but it doesn't really change very much. See, you exist in the universe and your existence takes up a certain amount of permanent space. Think about this. Okay, so the very beginnings of your body was a microscopic cell living in your mother. And that cell was formed inside of your mother while she was in the womb of your grandmother. It's true. All female babies form all of their eggs in their ovaries before they've even left the womb of their mothers. So your tiny partial little body has been around an entire generation before you were awakened by birth. So you've been taking up space for many, many years before you actually became consciously aware of it. And then after you die your body will still take up space. Your burial will take up space. Even your body, when fully decomposed, still takes up space. Just like skeletons right? that are discovered thousands of years later, they are taking up space. You have occupied space for so many years before, and you will continue to occupy space many years after you have passed on. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) And that's just your physical space. In your life, there are other types of space that you experience. Your mental space, your emotional space, your spiritual space, and your temporal space. At least those are the ones we're going to talk about today. So let's start with mental space. So your mental space is your thoughts. Your thoughts occupy the space that your mind provides. So the neurons firing in your brain that magically create this new plane of space where your thoughts pass through, exist in your brain. And the thoughts that are passing through your mind are infinite. You have roughly 6,000 thoughts per day. Images pass through your mind, memories, stories, imagination of things yet to be, images yet to be created in the world. Words, letters, numbers, reasoning, language understanding, musical understanding, the capacity of this mental space is kind of infinite. It's truly remarkable. So a little known quirk about me. I have what's called synesthesia. (laughs) If you've never heard of it, it's a harmless, silly little condition that I have where I happen to associate numbers and letters with colors so for example two is green (laughs) four is tomato red six is a pinkish red eight is a dark purple and one three seven eleven thirteen seventeen they're all the same white yellowish color don't ask me why (laughs) it just is (laughs) oh and five is blue and nine is a dark red so it's kind of funny because sometimes I get things confused, like dates. So if you tell me that something's on the 14th, I might confuse it with the 16th because they're almost the same color. It's the same with letters, right? A is red, B is blue, obviously, C is the same color as 1, 3, 7, 13, 11, 17, and of course C is also the same color as the letters I and O. The letter D is brown. F and N are brown, but G is a light brown. I don't know why. J is a beautiful green, like a teal color. I don't know. Anyway, you get the idea. And it's the same with, you know, the days of the week and the months of the year. Wednesday the same color as four. Fridays like this darker red, kind of like nine. Um, Tuesday is the same color as, you know, one, three, seven, the letter C, I, and O, that whitish yellow color. It's so weird. Monday's blue. And then Thursday for some reason is lavender. I don't understand why that is. Anyway, and then I, I, I see numbers kind of on a grid, like in front of me. So like the number one is all the way on the top left and the number 100 is on the bottom right. And there's like a grid of all the numbers in order. And then I see that the months of the year are kind of in like a scroll in front of me. Anyway, it's all very weird and very fun, and, and I experience all of this in the space of my mind, my mental space. It's really cool. I think the reason why synesthesia exists is because the corpus callosum is a little has like more, um, more connections, maybe more neurological um, associations. I'm not really hundred percent sure. they they study it somewhere. Anyway, that's my mental space. You also have mental space. Yours is a little bit different than mine, but essentially it's your thoughts. It's the words and the letters and the numbers and the music and all the things that you experience in your mind. That's your mental space. You also have emotional space. Emotional space is really interesting because it occupies both your mind and your body at the same time, right? So the numbers and the letters and the and the, the months of the year, and, and reasoning, and thinking, and thoughts, they don't really happen any other place in your body besides your brain, in your mind. However, emotion stretches from your mind to your body. They happen at the same time, and in two different places. Emotions originate in your brain, but they travel to the rest of your body. And emotional space is very visceral, but it isn't your body, okay? Even though you feel it there, the emotional space isn't your physical space. Physical space is different, right? Because emotion, it can't be quantified in the physical world, but it's as real as anything, okay? You can quantify the size of your bones and the milliliters of blood and the amount of air that's in your lungs, but you cannot quantify emotion because it's emotional phenomenon that's happening both in your brain and your body, but you have to experience it in your body. Your emotions appear in your body in different places and in different ways depending on the emotion. Isn't that fascinating? So for example, anger appears in your heart as it starts to race, in your blood vessels as they start to open and your chest expands as you breathe heavier and faster, your muscles tighten and tense. Anxiety is an emotion that you feel in your chest. It your your breath shortens, your chest tightens, your body tenses, your eyes dart back and forth, your eyebrows might furrow. It's it's different than anger and and your your body responds differently. Sadness is another emotion that feels completely different. It's like a heaviness on your chest. It's a slowness in your muscles, a droopiness in your eyes, you know, water in your in your eyes through your tear ducts, you know, they appear. It's so fascinating, you know, joy, for example, might involve tears, but it's a totally different experience, right? There's a lightness in your body. It's so fascinating. Another type of space is your spiritual space. So as you probably know, I come from a particular faith background and I believe um, in spirituality and I believe very specifically that we have a spirit body, but that's, you know, not according to everyone's beliefs, so you can take it as you will. But um, I believe that there is a spiritual space that is occupied and that, or that is created by our spirits and it occupies all three spaces, right? The mental space, the emotional space and the physical space. Okay, again, that's just what I believe. and think, and it's super fun to believe. I really enjoy this belief. I think that the, the spirit body that inhabits our physical body is kind of like our sense of self beyond our thoughts and emotions. That's our spirit, right? Your beliefs, your hopes, your desires, your future focused mind, your ability to create something that didn't exist before. Your connection with the divine is here. Your communication with the divine is located here as well. You feel this communication both in your mind and in your body and in in your emotions There's a beautiful scripture in the Doctrine and Covenants, one of the scriptures that uh, we believe in, that talks about how spiritual revelation uh, comes in your mind and in your heart. I will tell you in your mind and in your heart. And so when you know a, a spiritual thing is happening, it is felt mentally and emotionally and physically. And I mentioned desires before. I think desires are spiritual. I think maybe there's some component of desire that might be you know, evolutionary. There's this idea that in order to survive, the the human body has certain desires, but it doesn't account for all the desires that we have. At least that's what I believe. And so desire is actually a really important part of defining your space and how we ret- We protect our space and we'll get to that in a minute. So finally, you have your temporal space. Temporal space is time. It's your time on this earth. And that time is limited. The space, the temporal space that you inhabit is limited. The hours of the day, the weeks, the months, the years of your life, there is a beginning and there is an end, at least to your experience in this physical world and this physical body. Right. You only have so much of that time. And all of this space, right, the mental, the physical, the emotional, the temporal, and the spiritual, all of this space, it all belongs exclusively to you. It does not and cannot belong to anyone else. It can't be lessened. It can't be erased. For example, the atoms that make up your body will continue to exist even after they aren't organized as your body. Your emotions can only be felt by you and no one else. Your thoughts can only be heard and created by you and your brain, no one else. Your spirit has unique desires and a special set of gifts that belong only to you. And your time is limited. We don't know how long we're gonna be alive and we can't make time slow down or speed up. We can't create more time for ourselves. Or create less time for ourselves. There's just time. All of this space is unique to you and in my opinion it is sacred. The word sacred means set apart, meant to be venerated, worthy of spiritual respect, inspires awe and reverence, holy, hallowed, blessed and consecrated. I love those words. They're so delicious to me. Your space is yours and yours only, and it is sacred. Your space deserves reverence, respect. It deserves to be protected. Your space simply is. You didn't earn it, right? You, you can't lose it. It's just yours and it simply exists. The job of respecting and protecting your space belongs to you and to you only. We respect other space as a courtesy because that's the kind of humans we want to be. That's the social contract that we have. And it's great to live in a society in which humans respect other humans space. But ultimately, no one is responsible for respecting your space but you. It's no one's job to venerate and protect your space but you. Maybe no one taught you this, maybe you've been spending your whole life allowing others to violate your space because that's what you thought would keep you safe. Some of us literally try to erase ourselves for safety. Some of us actually get smaller, take up less and less space. Some of us are slowly destroying ourselves with false pleasures, trying to escape the pain of violated space. Some of us numb out the emotional and mental space because it's too painful to think and to feel. Some of us shut down our spiritual space, staying only in pain management and survival mode. And some of us spend our time space making sure others think and feel a certain way so that they don't have to be afraid. Narcissists are space violators. They don't understand the sacred respect of other's space. They're only concerned about feeling better. And they see you and your space as the solution to their problems. So they drain you emotionally. They tire you out physically. They use emotional manipulation to keep you shut down spiritually so that you're constantly in fight or flight mode or freeze or fawn mode. They say words that inspire guilt in your body so that you can use your energy and your time serving them rather than doing what's best for you. They open their space up and they don't take responsibility for managing their space so they make you responsible for managing and nurturing it when really it's their job the whole time. But just because they don't understand that it's their job it doesn't mean that you keep complying with their demands and manipulation and take responsibility for their space and their emotions and their thoughts and their feelings. And just because you've been raised like this doesn't mean you have to spend another second of your time living this way. So today we're going to learn how to protect your space using boundaries. So we've discussed boundaries before. It's in step two of the five-step process to heal from narcissism. It's a powerful way to honor all the types of space that you have. And if you can master this skill, you can live a life that is protected, and under the kind of guidance that fulfills you, that comes from you. Boundaries are limits. These limits are decisions, and these decisions are made by you, and only you. These decisions are based on your desires. So boundaries are literally your likes and your dislikes don't know your boundaries? Well, if you feel like you don't even know where to start with figuring out what your boundaries are, this is what I want you to do. Start with this exercise. On a sheet of paper, draw a vertical line down the middle of the page. On the top left, write likes, and on the top right, write dislikes. And make a list of what you like and don't like. Those are your boundaries. See, because you like and dislike certain things for lots of different reasons, and those reasons are 100% okay and belong to you. When you set a boundary, you literally never have to explain yourself. You might want to, and that's totally fine, but you never have to. Some people might demand you explain yourself, but I'm telling you it's not required. In fact, if you're dealing with a narcissist. They will likely always want to know why you said no or set that limit because whatever reasoning you give them will be fodder for pushing your boundary. They'll have something to work with to try to convince you to take it down. It's more fuel for the gaslighting, for the manipulation. So in my opinion, when it comes to explaining your boundaries, the less you explain yourself, the better, at least with a narcissist as a general rule. When you set a boundary with a narcissist, they are not going to like it. This is because narcissists interpret boundaries as an act of abandonment. They feel pain, rejection. They feel withdrawal of love when someone says no. Therefore, they will either withdraw from you or punish you or push your boundary. They will attack your boundary because what's happening in in their mind is that they think it's your boundary that's the source of their pain so they think the boundary is the problem. The human brain is a problem solver. So this person's brain will go to work to solve this problem and make it go away so that they feel better. And when that happens, that's when they're using those classic narcissist tactics like gaslighting, guilt trips, threats, etc. They're trying to get you to feel something in your body that is uncomfortable for you. And as you're experiencing this, what's happening is that you think the source of that discomfort is your boundary too. So the easiest solution in your mind is to go back on what you've said, to question your likes and dislikes, to put up with something you don't actually want to put up with, or allow something that you would rather not. You say yes to something when you actually want to say no, because it makes your pain in that moment go away too. So for a narcissist, it's like a win-win. But for you and your true inner self, it's a big loss. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's healthy and appropriate to not do everything we want all the time. I'm not saying boundaries are about self-indulgence 24-7. In fact, we do a lot of things that we don't want to do, like Maybe we go to work every day when we don't feel like it or we change poopy diapers like when we when we don't want to change the poopy diapers. But this is because we do them for reasons that we like. The reasons matter. okay? if we like our reasons for doing something against our boundaries, okay, we don't lose ourselves in the process. We're still in charge. We're still making an active decision based on something that we like and dislike because there's a greater like. Down the road. So, for example, we still go to work because we like the idea of providing for ourselves financially. We change poopy diapers because we like having babies that have healthy, clean bums. These are things that we like. And so we don't have to set boundaries around that because we're still in charge. Those are great reasons. Now, this is important because when you're dealing with a narc, what's happening is. You routinely erase your boundaries to placate them. And the truth is, is that you don't like your reasons. How do we know? Because you're miserable. You hate yourself. You feel out of control. You feel scared and guilty all of the time. You wish you could stop, but you feel like you can't. So do you feel the difference there? So let's go over the types of boundaries that you can set based on the types of space. So physical boundaries, I feel like this is pretty straightforward. you get to decide who gets to touch you and who doesn't. You decide who gets to enter your personal space, both your body itself and the space around your body. We all have like a little bubble of personal space. And if you don't want to hug someone but they guilt you into it, this is a violation of your physical space. Any type of physical abuse is a violation of your body boundaries and if you are an adult, it is your job to protect that space. You can choose to clearly state your boundary or not, honestly. Either way, it's up to you to maintain the space. Move, say no, leave the room, or even call the police. Whatever you need to do, to have you you have permission in that moment to do what you need to do in order to protect your space. Now, emotional boundaries. Now, this is where you get to decide who makes you feel what? Okay, so I recommend you get to the point where no one makes you feel anything. That's a possibility. As in no one has the power to force you to feel an emotion you don't want to feel. You get to decide how you want to feel. This is in your power. Now, does it mean that you never feel anything you don't want to feel? No, of course not. Does it mean that your emotion that if your emotion is triggered without you wanting it that something has gone wrong? No. So I'm not saying that you have to be in control of your emotion all the time. It's about your likes and dislikes of the emotional experience that you have and whether you like your reasons. So for example, do you like it that when a certain person in your life comes around, you feel jealous or bitter or sad? If you don't like that, then this option of managing your emotion and creating boundaries around your emotional space is available it does take some work though. (laughs) So it may not happen in an instant necessarily. You know, getting to the point, for example, where you can say no to your parents without feeling guilty is going to take some practice, but it's a hundred percent possible. All right. So mental boundaries. This is where you set limits on your thoughts and on the influence of your thoughts by other people. The truth is you can a hundred percent control your intentional thoughts at any given time. Sometimes we have unintentional thoughts. That's totally okay. It doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong. It just means that we didn't intend for it. And if we want to stop thinking those thoughts, we can practice choosing different ones. It's a boundary of thought that you can set for yourself. So for example, I simply do not entertain thoughts about beating myself up. Every once in a while, an old thought will unintentionally surface. This is not a problem. I remind myself of my boundary and I direct my thoughts to what I am practicing thinking instead, like compassionate thoughts, self-love thoughts. You can also control what thoughts you accept and believe from others. Everything I'm telling you right now is a bunch of thoughts and it is entering your mental space. Do you like what you're hearing? Does it resonate with you? Does it help you? Does it serve you? If the answer to those questions is yes, then you are managing your mental space and allowing what you want. If the answer is no, then you have the right to turn this off, to stop listening, to stop the the source of the thoughts entering your mind if you don't want them because your mental space is sacred your beliefs and your thoughts about yourself and about everything they're all sacred things a thought is a is a miracle what is a thought right it's this ethereal experience that we have and it's it's really beautiful and thoughts are incredible because even though we can't see thoughts we can't touch thoughts right Yet they are the creators of everything around us. Everything that has been created in this world, everything that you are looking at, touching, experiencing, every physical thing on this earth was created by thoughts first. Isn't that amazing? Where was I? Okay, so (laughs) if someone is telling you that you need to believe something you don't wanna believe, you don't have to believe it, okay? You can control the thoughts you accept and believe from others. Now, narcissists will try to control your beliefs because this helps them always have a source to feel better. So for example, they want you to beat yourself up. They benefit from you believing that you are worthless and never enough because that motivates you to keep trying to please them. They love that, right? So they are highly motivated to invade your mental space. All right, spiritual boundaries. These are limits that you set about who invades your spiritual space. Are you going to let someone tell you what you should and shouldn't want? To what extent do you believe someone's judgment of you? Are you letting someone stifle your creativity? Because it serves the narcissist in your life to never be creative, because it means you'll figure out that you don't need to please them all the time. (laughs) You're going to figure out solutions. You're going to create new things you've never had before that increase the value of your life and the experience that you have. And the narcissist doesn't benefit from this. As long as you are focused on them and their emotions and managing their life, that's how they benefit. But if you take responsibility for yourself and you separate and you break that enmeshment that you experience with the narcissist, then they are left alone and they have to manage their own thoughts and their own emotions. And they don't want to do that. Okay. So your spiritual space where your creativity and your desires are, if the, if the narcissist can suppress that or influence that, right? Invade that spiritual space, then they can benefit from it. And in a literal sense, is the narcissist of your in your life using religion and spirituality to try to control you. Again, this is an invasion of your sacred space. Spirituality is not a weapon, but many try to use it that way. One of the episodes on the show is called God is Not a Narcissist. I love that episode. I loved writing it because so many people of faith have a lot of narcissists in their life, and so they believe that that's what their relationship to deity is. It's the same thing. It's like, no, no, there is no narcissism in your spiritual relationship with your creator. Absolutely not. It's, it's a sacred thing. And your spiritual space, your agency in your spiritual space is 100% respected by God. He will not invade your sacred spiritual space. He, he is there for you. If you want to call him into your spiritual space, but he doesn't invade your space without your consent. And he always respects that beautiful agency that you have. Okay. Narcissists don't do that because they benefit from invading your space. So perhaps you've distanced yourself from spiritual things because you believe that they're harmful because someone invaded your spiritual space or used religion to harm you. So it's possible that you were manipulated or, or hurt using religion as a weapon, but religion and spirituality itself may not be the problem. So worth looking into. <laughs> All right, and finally, your temporal boundaries. You get to decide how you spend your time. You don't have to stay on the phone with someone for three hours if you don't want to. If you're married to someone you don't want to be married to, you're spending your life against your temporal boundaries. Now, maybe you have reasons that you like, that's fine. But if you are constantly forcing yourself to spend your time doing things you don't want to do and it is sucking the life out of you, that's a clue that some serious work needs to be done with your temporal boundaries. Also, if you're blaming someone for using your time in ways you don't want to do, that's a clue that we have some work to do as well. So if you remember from the previous boundaries episode from a while back, boundaries are really simple and really easy. It's a no from me. I don't tolerate yelling. We do not drink alcohol in this house. I'm going to hang up now. Those are examples of very simple, easy boundaries. Boundaries don't need explanation. You don't need to give someone another chance to respect your boundaries if you don't want to. You just say no and be done with it, end of story. You can protect your space simply, clearly, and directly. And then, the next step is to decide what you will do if the boundary is crossed and follow through with that decision. That's it, that's it, that's it to boundaries. But here's the million dollar question. Why is setting boundaries hard for you? What keeps you from saying no and following through with your decision? The answer to this question is a feeling. It's hard to say no because you don't want to feel something. Guilt, stress, fear, anxiety, grief, etc. It's hard to leave the room because you don't want to make a scene Or you don't want to make others feel uncomfortable. Or maybe you feel like a cruel, unfeeling person for not explaining yourself or your boundaries. Narcissists are really good at saying words that inspire feelings in other people. They're very clever. They take advantage of normal, healthy empathy and your desires to be a good person. And they rely on your guilt and your fear to motivate you to do what they want. So the answer is to always manage your emotion when you're setting boundaries, right? I get questions all the time from my clients, right? Like, how do I get this person to respect my boundaries? I'm like, you don't. That's the wrong question. You're not going to say a thing that's going to make them respect your boundaries, right? That's the narcissist game. The game that they play is what do I got to do to manipulate you and your emotions so that you do what I want you to do? And if you're trying to get them to respect your boundaries, you're opting into that narcissist game and it's time to opt out. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to manipulate them into respecting your boundaries. The only thing you have to do is manage your emotion when you're setting boundaries. So you manage your emotion in two ways. By processing it out and by managing your thoughts. That's it. It's so beautifully simple. And listen, you can do all of this with so much love in your heart. You don't have to set boundaries with fear or bitterness or out of anger. You can set boundaries with a lot of love. So you can learn to manage your emotions and process them out on your own, right through practice. And you can also. Get help doing those two things because it's tricky sometimes. This is why people like me exist. As a coach, we are experts in this arena and we are put on this earth to help you in this very tricky part of life because the brain is wired to avoid negative emotions, So when you try to say, okay, we're just gonna process this emotion out, your brain's like, mm, nope, we don't wanna do that. Just we need to do whatever we gotta do. We need to say whatever we gotta say to make this go away. That's the the, the default programming in your mind. And so maybe if you're trying to do this on your own and you're having a hard time, reach out for help. That's why we exist. And once it clicks, okay, that boundaries are so easy and simple and that love is available to you the entire time, it's like your whole world opens up. Seriously. So let's review. Your sacred space is important and requires protection But that protection is your responsibility. This is true about your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and temporal space. This means that you must protect your body, your thoughts, your emotions, your spirit, and your time. You protect all of that space by setting boundaries. Boundaries are really easy. Sorry, I just dropped my water. (laughs) Boundaries are really easy. Just say no. Decide what you will do when the boundary is, is crossed and follow through with that decision. And that's it. That's your boundary. And if you're struggling with that process of setting boundaries and deciding what you will do when the boundary is crossed and following through with that decision, okay, that's just a matter of managing your emotion, processing it out, and managing the thoughts that create the emotion. And if you need help with that, reach out to me, reach out to a coach, reach out to someone who can help you. So for those of you who are following me on social and are on my email list, you probably already know this, but this month I am opening a brand new group coaching experience specifically designed for those of us who have struggled our whole lives with setting and maintaining boundaries. I usually do private coaching and I'm still doing private coaching, of course, but now I'm opening it up to the group coaching experience. This group coaching experience is called Boundary Mastery. I want to provide a space where several people can come and get coaching on what makes it so difficult to decide what they like, communicate their boundaries with others and follow through. I want this to be a concentrated time where you come in having struggled with boundaries your whole life and you leave with so much confidence and skill at setting and maintaining boundaries that your whole life changes. This group setting is a unique experience, okay, it's but it's going to help you see that you're not alone. So the program is 10 weeks starting February 22nd, and we do two coaching calls per week. What that means is everybody comes to the Zoom call, I teach you a new principle, and then I call you up to get coached on your specific situation if you want to be coached, obviously you volunteer. We do this one at a time, and I help you apply everything that you're learning. Now, we'll do this for about an hour to an hour and a half. Not everyone will get coached on that particular call, but I've designed it to have two calls per week for 10 weeks, so 20 calls, so that everyone will get the opportunity to be coached at least more than once. All the calls will be recorded and shared in the private Facebook group that you'll have access to once you join, so you can listen to the calls. And the cool thing about being coached in a group setting is that you can actually listen to the person being coached. And if you set the intention with your mind to um, act as if you are the one being coached, it is powerful. Trust me, I belong to many group coaching uh, programs, and this works every single time. It's an amazing experience. All right. So you'll have the Facebook group and you'll have all the calls recorded in there. It's a private group. I've also created a workbook to help guide you as you apply the principles. Part of the work is kind of digging into your own mind and answering really important introspective questions that I'm gonna ask you. And those questions are in the workbook. And it's a really simple workbook. It's not a ton of questions. You know, you can spend maybe 30 minutes per week in this workbook, but they are designed to create a serious mental and emotional shift inside your body so that things will really start to click for you. And as a special bonus, I will be sending a super fun box of sweet, cute little goodies as a welcome when you join the group. Super exciting. I love getting stuff in the mail. I love showering with my clients with love and fun. And so, as soon as you join, you send me your address and I order this amazing little box with all kinds of fun stuff in it for you. So, if you've already joined, welcome. You your 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 fancy box is on its way. <laughs> and I'm so excited to work with you. This will really be such a game changer for you. So, if you're not already in, come join boundary mastery. We start February 22nd, 2021. Now, if you're listening to this and it's long after the start date, just check my website for when the next round will start. And, um, maybe, maybe something else fun is going on. I'm always having amazing ideas that I'm cooking up for my clients so that they can have an amazing experience as they apply all these tools. And you can also get on my email list because that's how I send out all my announcements as well. That'll help you stay up to date. So the link to sign up to join Boundary Mastery will be in the show notes, as well as the link to get on my email list. And I just I can't wait to get started. And I'm so excited for everyone who's joining the group. It's gonna be amazing. You're going to see incredible changes in your life because that's what has happened with literally all my clients who have showed up and done this work. Their lives have changed dramatically. They know how to set boundaries, they are so confident. It's truly amazing and in fact I'm going to be recording conversations with my clients over the next several weeks and you'll get to hear from actual clients and their experience in doing this work. It's going to be amazing. So come join Boundary Mastery. I can't wait to see you inside. I hope you have a fantastic day. Until next time, bye. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.